This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 118. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I am joined, as usual, by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you this fine Monday morning at 3.30 a.m.? That's when we publish the podcast. I would say I wouldn't be awake at that time, but I actually would. I just wouldn't have been to bed yet. Oh, that's probably true. And and I would be getting up in about an hour and a half, I think, something like that. To go to my day job, so anyway. All right, so Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about some ideas that you can do when you don't have time for art. What can you do to better prepare yourself and better position yourself so that you're ready when you do have time for art? When you don't have time for art? So go play board games, maybe? (laughs) As many of you know, I have been dealing with a lot of health issues, multiple surgeries. Things haven't been going so great over here. So it's caused my productivity to just drop significantly. I'm still working on getting tutorials up. I'm working on some things, but the amount of videos that I typically put up, I just can't get to right now. So I'm spending a lot of time resting. So I thought, you know, if I'm not going to, if I'm not comfortable sitting still for 10 hours editing a video, 10 hours at the easel where I'm going and taking a lot of breaks right now, what little tasks, what little things could I do to better position myself when I get back to work? And then I got to thinking, well, you know, Everyone has stuff that happens in their life, whether it be family visiting, illness, injuries, um, your kids move back in with you. So many things. I've heard from so many people, different things that got in the way of them producing art. And so hopefully maybe some of the experiences that I'm going through and things that I'm adjusting, as well as some advice from John, can inspire you guys for if you find yourself in a similar place in life. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be just a health setback either. Maybe you've taken a new position at work or you started a a brand new job. Maybe you have a different commute now or something like that. And, you know, if you're doing a job outside of your art business and that can really just throw a cramp into things. Maybe you had, you know, a, a schedule already set and then something else happens like that. And that actually did happen to me just recently. My job totally changed, changed a a whole lot. And I'm doing a lot of things that a database administrator that just left is, he left the the department. And so I'm taking over, I took over a lot of his uh, job duties. And so my job just yeah, it's kind of changed a lot, and I had to get you know had to get some more education, some more information about different things that I've never really done before, and <laughs> or I've only done very briefly and not to the extent that I'm doing them now. And so that was that was quite a change, and my schedule changed as well. I go in very very early now. I'm going in at uh, seven thirty. And I have that hour, it's a little bit over an hour in the afternoon, but hour commute in the morning. So I'm getting, you know, up a lot earlier than I used to. And that was quite an adjustment, let me tell you, because 
the time that I'm leaving now often was I knew that was a time I could sleep in until uh, and then get up right then and then start my morning routine before going to work. So that's quite an adjustment. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you may be wondering, okay, John, yeah, poor you. Where are you? Where are you headed with all of this? Yeah, your your schedule changed. No, the, the only reason why I mention that is it, it it took a little bit of an adjustment for me to kind of recalibrate everything and figure out, you know, what I can do then when I do get back home. And you know, for a while there, I was just dog tired as soon as I would get home. But what I found is that I could still get up earlier than when I was required to to start my r- morning routine to get ready for work and that that has worked pretty well and and i i gotta tell you something some some of you may think i'm crazy but 4 30 a.m is a golden hour (laughs) i have i have done that a few times i'm usually Um, still working at that hour that's (laughs) that's a nice time though to get up sometimes if you feel like hey i want to get you know an hour done on this drawing or anything like that or i just want some quiet time to myself and i'm going to redo my desk or something it, it's it's pretty beautiful and i've taken naps in my car on my lunch break i'm like <laughs> so tired by then when that happens but anyway just thought i'd throw that out there but yeah i mean when you get to a point where you just don't have the same amount of time to dedicate you end up you'll find yourself with little chunks of time little things that it's like right. okay this isn't really enough yeah. time for me to drag out all my pencils to dra- set up to paint because by the time i'm set up i have to clean up so what can i do instead to still be productive so one thing that I started adjusting, and I'm going to give you guys my little life story on Photoshop and how I got into this. But I've the the intro to this, I guess, would be I last year I got the new version of Photoshop. I've been using Photoshop seven for what's gosh at least ten years, and. I bought the newer version so that I could do more digital painting because it's better for that, the way that different brushes, brushes and stuff work. However, Still I Still using a TRS-80 uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I never kidding. took the time to set up or learn the differences between the, mo- the new, I'll call it modern, gosh, I'm old, the new Photoshop versus the outdated one I had been comfortable with. Kids these with. days are using this modern <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> Can you go get What's me a drink out of the icebox? So... <laughs> right. um, Anyway, actually, you pro. I think I've heard you use a similar term, haven't I? Don't what? you say icebox, icebox sometimes? Icebox? I like it. I don't know. I, I'm, not used, I'm going to incorporate that now. But I, I never took the time. And one of the reasons that I hadn't taken the time to learn, there's there are minor differences. They're very similar, but there's some minor differences. But what was happening to me before is I had such a strict schedule. In order to get the work I needed done, I had to already give up on sleep. So there was no more time for me to cut out where I'm like, okay, I can take the time to learn this program now or to mess around with a few features on this program. So I decided I was going to go ahead and take a little bit of time. I actually set a rule for myself about, it's been almost a week now. I'm not even going to open Photoshop 7 anymore. I, I've got the time. I'm going to force myself. Any photo editing I need to do is going to be done in Lightroom or Photoshop. And I, because that's how I pretty much had to do. If we go back even further, and I know a lot of people are intimidated by Photoshop. Because it is a little bit complicated to get used to. I know for me, back in 1999, when I got my very first computer, and I was so happy, and my very first digital camera that was listed as a megapixel, yes, singular, I had, it came with a program called Microsoft Picture at 99. And this was a very easy program to work with. I mean, everything. I remember that program. Did you have, 
it, yeah, everything was like one. big, bold photos. I mean, you couldn't miss what you needed to do. Uh, you were limited, <laughs> right. but it was really easy to tell what you were going to crop and what yeah. you were going to do. And the again, land of Teletubbies. Yes, is what it was like. exactly. That is a very good way to word it. But I yeah. used that until Windows Vista took over and it mm. wasn't compatible anymore. Right. So I oh. had to learn Photoshop and I had Photoshop 7 at the time that someone had given me that I still had not learned how to use. And it was like, you know what? I'm no more no more Microsoft Picture. It's not even on the new computer, so I I have to learn Photoshop. And I did. I looked up, I would Google search, how do you crop an image in Photoshop 7? How do you do this? And I would just, you know, put which Photoshop version you're using. And that's how piece by piece I learned how to do it. So I decided now with the new Photoshop, I was gonna do the same thing. Cold turkey, no more Photoshop 7 for me. I have got to take, you know, I've got the time in these little 10 minute, 20 minute hour long chunks versus my typical 10 hour chunk. I can spend that time now working on something that that I normally don't have time, but still needed to get done. And I have learned so much. And the funny thing is, too, with Photoshop and even Lightroom, now that I'm learning to do that, you can edit certain things. Like, I've always had a hard time with my photos, and this has nothing to do with my end point here. I just want to throw this out there. I always have a hard time getting good photos of aqua and teal colors to show up on my photographs. They tend to come out very closer to ultramarine than they do closer to green on the color wheel. So I, one of the things that I'm finding with light, Lightroom, it's really easy to adjust those colors. It is just, it's simplified getting good photos for prints so much for me. And I'm so glad that I've taken this time. So it's almost like my injuries have been a little bit of a blessing because I'm getting certain things done that I just didn't have time. I didn't even have time to think about it before. And if you are intimidated, like even if you're not ready to use Photoshop, you don't want to pay for it because it is a paid, I think yearly you have to pay for it now. You There are free versions like Pixlr, pixlr.com. They have free setups that do a lot of what Photoshop does. My point is, when you have these downtimes where you don't really have time for art, learn, mess around with the Photoshop tool or a photo editing tool. Learn to start photo editing your stuff because you've got to learn how to crop your images. You're going to have times. I mean, I've got a good camera. I love my camera. It's one of my favorite, favorite things that I own. It's, I pr- I'm so protective over it. That, like, So my point there isn't bragging, hey, I've got a good camera. It's, this is a good camera, but it still doesn't do everything I need it to do. Sometimes I just, depending on the lighting in the room, I can't get the perfect photo to make it look exactly like my artwork. And especially if you're going to be selling your artwork, you you need as close to that artwork as possible to show online. So here I can go into these programs now. I'm so glad I took the time because this is making it easier for me to edit those to make them look as much like my original as possible. And yeah, I was able to do that in Photoshop 7, but I'm able to do even more now in the updated versions. Yeah, well, Let me go back for just a moment and talk about when I started in Photoshop and give you some alternatives as well that you can explore if you don't want to foot the bill for using Photoshop and Lightroom. But I will say this, that I think you can get Photoshop, Lightroom, and one other product out of uh, from Adobe for, I think it's around $9.95 a month or $19. Yeah, they have remember. a monthly way you can pretty, do it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty low. So look into that if you're not using it already. And Lightroom does allow you to get a lot of things done really, really quickly in bulk so you can just put you know you just import all of your pictures all of your files from your camera from your SD card and you can just bulk upload and edit these or download them to your computer wherever you're putting your storage wherever you're storing these and you can get 
all of these edits done across the board, like you want to increase maybe the, the saturation or, or increase the exposure or decrease it or whatever it is, you can do that across the entire file set that you bring in. So it's pretty nice in that regard. And one thing I want to just throw this out here really quick, and I'll move on. I won't talk about Lightroom all day. But Adobe will push you and want you to use a DNG file type. It's a proprietary file type, and I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's a, a lossless compression, but it's not all that compatible with other file types or other viewers, I would say. And so if you're going to be using something other than an Adobe product, then you may have problems with it. If you just keep it in the camera raw, whatever the raw file type is that you're using, or a JPEG, something standard or TIFF even – then you're going to be a lot better off. So I, I just wanted to throw that, throw that out there. If you're all in with Adobe and that's all you're ever going to use and you know that, then, yeah, I mean, go ahead, you know, and use their proprietary uh, file type and you shouldn't, you shouldn't have any problems. But just something to keep in mind. All right, so when I started using Photoshop, though, actually, before I did that, I was using paint.net, for a while, whenever I when I got serious about art and I wanted to start editing a little bit, I use Paint.net. It's a free product. It's really good. It, it supports layering. Uh, it's a desktop product. I think it was a guy from MIT or somewhere. He he did it as a research project and created this very very small desktop client that that you can use. That was a direct competitor to Paint. You know that Microsoft came out with, and it, it's it's a lot better than Paint. People still use it today. It's a really good product. I still use it once in a while, but I started using Photoshop and there's just so much more that you can do. It's so much more robust, but it's a big memory hog as well. And like you, Lisa, I just started Googling things that I didn't know. And there's just so much help out there because it's so widespread. I mean, Photoshop is just, it, there's ubiquity in with all of these users using this product that you can find the answer just about anything that you have a question on. And the great thing are the YouTube tutorials for that. When you first look at it, you're going to look at that program and go, I don't even know where to begin on how to make anything happen that I want to happen. What I would recommend, yeah. go to a YouTube tutorial for, you know, just look up. I want to know how to crop a photo. How do I edit the lighting on a photo? Whatever. Beginning basics of Photoshop yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and follow one of their tutorials step by step. Good. I mean, if you've got Photoshop, you've got right there. You've got the supplies to do it. And you will learn. You, you'll be surprised at how quickly you can learn that tool. And it's not just good to know for editing your photos. It's good for designing artwork. That's what I do when I design art. Actually, I just did a tutorial um, recently for Patreon for how, or actually it doesn't go up until next week, but I, I'm ahead right now, but I made a tutorial showing how I use that to design a pop art style. Like you can do so much with the filter, so much. There's just so much use in Photoshop for an artist who works in traditional media. It's not just for artists who do digital art. Now, before I bought Photoshop though, and before it was a subscription, you know, you you just bought the product and I don't remember what the price was. It seemed like it was like 300 bucks, something like that. Sometimes, some of Back them were to like eight, seven and 800. I've seen them. Well, yeah, that, that was if you got really the full expensive. suite and yeah. everything. Yeah, but just the just Photoshop elements is what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's what it used to be called, you know, Photoshop elements. And then you had Photoshop Lightroom. I think they bring that as Photoshop as well, but and then they split those two products off, I believe. Now, if you're a big history buff on Adobe, uh, and I'm wrong about that, that's fine. I'll consent right now. <laughs> I may be wrong about that. And yet you but, won't uh, admit that ink tints are not colored pencil. 
but what happened was there's a lady from work and you like how I just yeah, right yeah, over there? I noticed. And uh and she she asked me we were talking about photo editing or something. And she asked me if I wanted to buy her Photoshop software. I said, "Well, sure." And she goes, "I'm ready to get rid of it." And she goes, "I'll I'll sell it to you for a dollar." I said, "Okay." <laughs> So she brought it in and sold it to me for a dollar, paid her a dollar. I had it for like a month, and uh, she comes back and she goes, Hey, and uh, you know that Photoshop uh, software that I loaned you? Um, I was wanting to get that back because I have some fun. I'm like, what? <laughs> I never said anything. I was like, uh, sure, I'll bring that in tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Can I have my dollar back? That, yeah, that was funny. But anyway, all right, <laughs> but by- I digress funny you mean shady then i agree (laughs) yeah it was weird it was weird i never said much about it but it was so strange wow (laughs) she's retired now but it, it was it was comical so anyway yeah and you know the point is you can learn these things and actually photoshop or Adobe, I should say. I keep using those synonymously, and Adobe's the company that creates this product. Uh, they have really good apps on your smartphone and your tablets, and they're nearly, nearly as good as uh, the desktop. I mean, they're a little more clunky trying to get things done. You feel like you're being strangled whenever you're trying to do certain things. But other than that, I mean, it does support layering and a lot of good stuff, even on a mobile version. Now, this is a great thing. If you find yourself, you've just got little chunks of time mess around mm-hmm. with the photo editor it doesn't right. take a long time to set up to put away like art would but it's going to better your art career in the end and you can set up tips on it too let me i'm sorry go ahead you you can put you can put the tips you know opening with tips typically in your in your setup and in the setup of of these uh, programs when you install them you can say you can customize the level of detail that you want help with. You can say, you know, uh, give me beginner's type. I don't remember what they call it in these particular products, but it's something like that. Give me expanded, you know, help, beginner help or something like that. Or don't show me as many comments. I don't remember what it's called, but it's something to that effect when you're installing the product. So you can get more help in that regard. And I think they open with tips. Just remember, when you're looking at that, don't feel like, and I've seen so many people do this, I can't learn this. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm not good at computers. If I can learn it, you can learn it too. I mean, it's really not no, as it's, complicated no, it's, as you may think it is. Just those, look up those tutorials, but it can really just watch a, a tutorial here and there when you've got time. It'll help. And this kind of led me in my new love of the newer version of Photoshop, kind of led me into my next thing that I started doing to set myself up to be in a better position once I get back to my usual schedule. And this is messing around with my studio setup. And I pretty much had the idea that my studio's done. I mean, this is where, as long as I live here, this is what my studio is set up to be. But one of the big problems that I have is I have a a Wacom tablet. It's a 13 inch, not a big one, but it doesn't really sit on my desk. Anytime that I want to use it, I typically use it for editing critiques. I wonder if we have the same tablet. I'm going to look at mine. It's the Clintique something 13 HD, but it's it's a smaller one. It's a nice, nice, it's just smaller. But my problem is that I, I already have two monitors set up or two monitors run out of my, my computer. So I need an extender to connect to the HD. I can't, um, or the HDMI. It's a whole cable thing that my husband is going to have to deal with because that's not my thing. But I can't have the tablet set up all the time. And I should. If I'm going to use it, why is it not just sitting on my... Well, it doesn't fit on my desk because my desk is too small. Ooh, thunder's hitting. But uh, wow, that vibrated said desk. But anyway, the if you lose me in a minute, you'll know why. 
But I realized that I've got this great tool that I never use because it's not convenient for me to set up when I need it. And so this is one of those things just the other day I started thinking about and realizing, hey, I've got this wall space. If I make basically make my desk shaped kind of like an L, I'm going to get a, a wood chest that's going to give me more storage space. And I can set the tablet on that. I'm going to get myself a little hand, um, tabletop easel, which I think is going to look adorable anyway. That's what's going to hold my my w- welcome tablet on the chest it sure sounds adorable yes it's going to be so cute but it's going to look nice and it's going to be practical i'm going to have more storage space and i i actually sat around with some tv trays and positioned them to see okay well i still like my studio if i've got this piece of furniture furniture here i use the tv trays as um sort of placeholders i'm such a dork but i i did i found out what size would work and i'm going to have that set up hopefully very soon all the time i will all it will always be easy for me to go okay i'm editing this photo let me grab this is easier to do in the pen. Normally what I do, and I find myself doing this when I do critiques too, which is terrible. And you may be thinking, well, I don't do critiques. This doesn't apply to me. Think of how this could apply to you with your artwork, with a supply that you use reg- may use regularly and it's not convenient for you to get to. So for me, with the critiques, I would see a critique and go, I'm going to need to use my tablet for that, but it's not out right now. Uh, I'll put that off. I'll come back to that critique another day. And I put off things I should be doing right now till I can find something that I don't need the tablet for. And I'm like, how stupid. Those are not cheap. I've got this great piece of equipment that I'm not using because I've never taken the time to set up my studio in a way that was convenient. One of the things that I used to do that was really bad, I have a dresser that I store a lot of my art supplies in. And everything was just kind of stacked up on top of each other flat. So I had a tin of watercolor pencils, a tin of several different types of colored pencil, and all kinds of stuff. And under that, some paintbrushes. So there'd be times I'm painting something and I've got a handful of brushes and I think, oh, I really need this other brush. But it's not convenient. It would take me too long to dig it out, so I just don't use it. That's affecting the end result of my artwork because I'm badly organized and badly set up. I own the supplies, but then didn't organize the drawers. So I now have gone through and put in little boxes and kind of separated, I call them categories, but sections in each drawer. So everything is setting upright and I can just go in and grab it out. Nothing's buried underneath piles and piles of other stuff anymore. And I'm finding myself, I actually changed that months ago. But since doing that, I am using art supplies, more good art supplies that I normally was like, I don't want to go dig that out. And so I would just not get it, whether it be an eraser, a certain type of pencil sharpener that was buried, a certain paintbrush. Do you have an electric sharpener that you keep plugged in at the other side of your room because it doesn't reach next to your drawing table? And so you have to get up and walk across the room to sharpen your pencil and then find yourself, uh, this pencil doesn't really need to be sharpened right now because you don't want to get up. And and in turn, you end up using a pencil that's not sharp enough. I mean, little things like that in your setup, you can work on. If you've got a 10-minute chunk, organize a drawer of art supplies. Organize, get an extension cord out so that your sharpener now sits next to you and you never are working with dull sharpeners or pencils because you're too lazy to get up and walk across the room. I might be speaking from experience on that one as well. Yeah, you know, this is is interesting because what we're talking about here is just the ergonomics of your setup. And, you know, that means that you're maximizing, you know, your particular workspace to increase your productivity. I mean, that that's what ergonomics is all about. And, and this is worth thinking about. You can you can do kind of what Lisa's talking about there, and we all do this kind of thing. And sometimes it's just in the back of our mind, and it never comes to the forefront of our mind that 
we're actually using an excuse because we set something up in an impractical way. And so it's worth evaluating that in your mind and thinking, okay, if I had the pencils that I use every day right here beside me where I work instead of in the garage or up in the attic, you know, I mean, it it makes sense. But sometimes those impractical things that we do to ourselves, uh, we don't really think about. And so just being aware of this and, and thinking about it and being strategic about it then and taking action. I mean, it's something that you don't, it's just not a one-time thing. You know, it's not done, just one and done, and then you forget about it. This is something you have to constantly reevaluate and look and see, is this really supporting me? Uh, you know, because as an artist, as a creator, and anything else that you're doing in your life, uh, you're going to uh, change, and you're going, your preferences are going to change. Your, a lot of things that, that you do from year to year, they're going to change. And so you constantly should be reevaluating your ergonomic setup and how you're actually going about your day and the things that you're busying yourself doing and making sure that all those things are within arm's reach that are things that you do constantly and then things that you're not concerned with as often are a little more, you know, out of the way. And yeah, that's just, I, I know it sounds practical and I know it sounds just overly simplistic, but it's something that we have to think about and it serves us very well if we do. And I think we all do that. We, how many, I mean, seriously, how many of you guys have a bucket that you've gotten of art supplies, a bin, a dresser, a box, and you get something new and you just kind of, okay, I need to put it away and I'll just throw it here and I'll put it, I'll find a place for it later. And you just leave it. And you end up with stacks and stacks of things. And I think it's something that we're, like John was saying, we're going to continuously change. We're going to continuously have to make these choices. But if you get to a point where you're thinking, I don't have time for art today. I don't have time for art this week or as much time as I want to put. These little things don't take that much time. They're much smaller chunks that you can work on to get yourself set up for in the best possible position once you go back to your art. I didn't want to say this, really, but I think I will. What happens also is you get a little small win out of redoing something as well. If you're straightening something up, maybe a shelf that you haven't looked at in a long time, and you've got paper maybe you haven't used in a long time, and you think you probably never will. But maybe you discover, oh, there's the paper I've been looking for, and I've been ordering it every month on Blick, you know, or something like that. Then it's probably not in the right spot. You know, it's not as handy as it otherwise should be or could be. And so it's, you know, it's something that once you start redoing some of these things, you have a sense of it. There's some kind of elation that comes from that, and I'm sure there's some kind of release of endorphins and awards off uh, depression if you know you're susceptible to that, and we all are from time to time. And so it's something that you know you can do as a little quick win, and it'll make you feel good about what you're doing, and you're making progress, even though it sounds like something kind of silly. It really no, does. No, you are so right too, because this has been helping me so much. I've dealt with a little bit of depression. I normally don't have problems with depression. I mean, I haven't since I was late teens, teens, early 20s. But now I find, I mean, I haven't left the house in three weeks since the last surgery. And yeah, that can do Yeah, it. I mean, I'm not getting as much work done. And you do, you, it starts to wear on you when you're, you just feel like you're not accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And since I started really focusing on these little things, I mean, there's so many little things that I normally did not have time for. Little things like the logo that I use for Patreon on my videos. Normally, I just have the single logo come up. Now, I've made it more visual where there's a video playing with it and I mean just little things little 
teeny mm-hmm. upgrades. It's mm-hmm. not going to make a huge difference. Will it get me more signups on Patreon? I don't, that, not necessarily the point. I want that video that's on YouTube to look a little bit better. I want it to look nicer, be more interesting to watch. And so those are those things that I'm looking for right now, these little things. And every time I think of one of these little things I can adjust in my studio, in my workflow, in the programs that I'm using, suddenly I'm like, you know what? Maybe me not having as much time for art right now is a good thing. Maybe when I come back, when all these surgeries are done, when I come back, I'm going to be in such a better position. And it's ever since I started doing this recently, it has helped so much with just kind of my frame of mind. I find myself way Mm -hmm, happier mm -hmm. because I'm getting somewhere towards those end goals. Yeah, maybe I'm not getting the videos I want edited right now or created right now, but I'm working towards that same end goal. And that really does something to your mindset. Yeah, it really does. And it puts you in a spot where you can increase in your productivity because, I mean, it's it's just like uh, I think we've said in the past. I mean, it's a little win. Little wins fuel bigger wins. I mean, you wins and success in little areas. If you frame those correctly in your mind, then it just builds on itself and you you say to yourself, I was able to accomplish that. I can accomplish this next thing. And you keep tackling that uh, and scaling up and you get bigger and bigger with those things. And so there's some momentum that comes from that is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, Definitely. that's good stuff. All right. Well, maybe you have a tip or some suggestion that you would love to share with us, and we'd love to hear that. You can share that over in the Facebook group, Color Pencil Podcast. And if you would like to reach out to us on Twitter, we're Lockery, and I'm at Sharpened Artist. And I guess we're not at Lockery. Lisa is at Lockery. Yeah, I'm, sharing <laughs> I'm my at Sharpened with you. Artist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do have your password, you know. <laughs> Kind of funny side story. My father-in-law contacted my husband because we share an ear. He uses our Netflix. He contacted him yesterday insisting that he needed Matt's um, Google password. <laughs> and Matt's like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, no, I need I need that password. And Matt's like, why? Well, I want to watch some YouTube videos. <laughs> he, he was so certain Matt in the past had given him his Gmail account or his Google password or something. Matt's like, I've never given that to you. Just go watch YouTube videos. Wow. It was kind of funny. He was so certain. So you better not have my Twitter pa- password. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, you can reach out to us through email, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. If you like the show, consider giving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Yeah, because it doesn't always just have to be some... some, Kids these days are using this modern Photoshop. (laughs) It sure sounds adorable. That's funny.